When it comes to innovation and ideation, the best ideas often come from the people and places we least expect. So how do we capture those great ideas? Hey, welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture readings, aha moments, and apply them to your life and leadership. Well, travel has kept me away from the microphone, but not away from books. Recently, I finished We Will Not Be Silenced by Erwin Lutzer, Urban Apologetics, edited by Dr. Eric Mason, The Year of Our Lord, 1943 by Alan Jacobs, Canoeing the Mountains by Todd Bolsinger, Blacktop Wasteland, a very interesting novel by S.A. Cosby, and What's Holding You Back? Ten Bold Steps That Define Gutsy Leaders by Robert J. Herbold. Now, in his chapter, Value Ideas from Anywhere, Herbold shares a great story about a great idea that came from a very unlikely innovator. Listen as he shares the story. Back in the 1960s, the steel business in the United States was dominated by large integrated mills, such as U.S. Steel. In 1966, U.S. Steel had an employee by the name of Ken Burns, Burns, a financial guy whose career in the company was skyrocketing, surprised his management in 1966 when he told them he was going to spend his two weeks of vacation in Japan, visiting several Japanese steel mills. His management at U.S. Steel thought this was very strange. They believed that because the steel industry in the United States was clearly the global leader, Burns was wasting his time visiting steel mills in Japan. During his vacation, Burns observed that the steel production process in Japan was far ahead of the United States and had a 30% unit cost advantage. The Japanese had a superior basic oxygen process for making steel and a highly efficient continuous casting process that skipped the typical intermediate step of making steel ingots and then reheating the ingots to make the actual steel products. Burns came back from his vacation and attempted to tell the key execs at U.S. Steel what he saw and how Japanese technology could potentially be utilized at the company. Being the financial guy, he saw tremendous advantages and several ways for U.S. Steel to get way out in front of its competition. The management of U.S. Steel heard Burns out, but paid absolutely no attention to what he said. They were confident that the people at their manufacturing facilities were on top of important changes in the industry, because after all, they were the market leaders. As they say, the rest is history. It didn't take long for some very creative people to start up a new steel operation at Nucor. This company consisted of a small number of steel mills called mini-mills. They capitalized on new low-capacity but highly efficient electric arc furnaces and the kind of continuous casting that Burns saw in Japan. They used scrap steel as their raw material instead of iron ore, and they were non-union facilities. Each of these mini-mills was a small, by U.S. steel standards, regional manufacturing plant serving local geographies to avoid high shipping costs. Nucor revolutionized the steel industry, and the traditional big steel companies suffered accordingly. In fact, Nucor and a few other mini-mill operators drove most of the big steel companies into bankruptcy. You just never know where a bright idea is going to come from. As the U.S. Steel story suggests, even someone from finance can have a brilliant idea regarding your core processes and products. Consider all ideas regardless of where they come from. Consider all ideas regardless of where they come from. Or, as Herbold aptly titles this chapter, Value Ideas from Anywhere. So, 
Why don't we? You know, I think there are two reasons we have a tendency to miss great ideas. One is arrogance, and two is ignorance. You know, there was arrogance on the part of U.S. Steel. They were sure that their people in manufacturing were on top of their game, so certainly a bean counter couldn't tell them how to run their company. You know, Jim Collins devoted an entire book to this idea of arrogance. In How the Mighty Fall, he discusses hubris born of success. I love that. Hubris born of success. And certainly that was part of the problem at U.S. Steel. They were the giants, and they had forgotten the story about David, that giants can be toppled. Proverbs 16, 18 is still spot on. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And while as I think about arrogance, I need to examine my own heart. Hey, I know that just because I'm the president of a college doesn't mean that all the great ideas are going to flow from my office. In fact, most of them won't. So what am I doing to listen to others? And that brings me to the second reason we miss great ideas, which is simply ignorance. We don't think to, or we don't know how to, capture great ideas. Now, let's keep this simple. Here are two things that we learned from Herbold that we can do to generate great ideas. One, take time to talk and listen to those closest to the action. Now, that takes an individual mindset that says someone has something to say that I need to hear. It takes a cultural mindset that we as an organization have things to learn from those with whom we work. And then the willingness to listen. So take time to talk and listen to those closest to the action. And two, establish simple processes to ensure that you receive and evaluate ideas. I love what Herbold says. He writes, you need to make sure that within your organization, this is so good, you need to make sure that within your organization, processes are set up to receive input from the outside and properly evaluate it. And I think what happens often is that we assume, of course we're going to do this, but we don't necessarily have an intentional plan to capture it. So what are some of the processes? Well, performance reviews, that could be one of them, you know, and they're helpful, but I don't think they're really the best way to capture it because generally we're not capturing things in real time. A second one might be the suggestion box or say a follow-up survey. You know, recently I bought a specialty part for one of my cars, one of my hot rods, and it was a, a universal joint for a steering shaft, which probably doesn't mean anything to most folks that are listening. But I was on a time crunch, and so I overnighted the part. And though I had talked to two people in the process to ensure it was the right part, when it arrived and I had paid big bucks to get it there overnight, it was the wrong part. Now, to the company's credit, they followed up my buying experience with a survey, and I'll tell them how they could have avoided that error with just a little bit more care. But they had taken the time to develop a process to gather information from me, someone who was very close to the product. So performance reviews, 
a suggestion box, follow-up survey. A third way could be a team meeting. You know, we've utilized our monthly employee gatherings to, to harvest helpful information. And I think we can have all that and probably some others as well, but we need to continually ask these questions. Hey, what are you seeing that we're not seeing? Or what have I not asked you that I should have asked you? Or simply, how can we do this better? When it comes to innovation and ideation, the best ideas, Bob Herbold writes, comes from the people and places we least expect. And generally, but not always, that's from people, quote, below us on the org chart. The people who are probably closest to the action. And arrogance and hubris born of success will blind us to the need to ask, how can we do this better? But even with an attitude of humility, we won't capture all the good ideas unless we set up some processes to receive input from outside the immediate circle of leadership to evaluate it, act on it, and report out the findings to those who give it to us in the first place. Because you never know where a bright idea is going to come from. So value ideas from anywhere. And that's my thought on my walk with Bob Herbold and his book, What's Holding You Back? 10 Bold Steps That Define Gutsy Leaders. And now the question is, what will you do with that thought on your walk through life today? For me, I'm already planning an exercise for our leadership team on Monday to assess what are the processes we have in place to capture and evaluate some of those great ideas from those in our organization who are closest to the action. 